Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, I'm with the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer. And we have three awesome guests for the podcast today. How about this? One of the greatest NFL players of all time, 11-time Pro Bowler, member of the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and bigger than all of that, nation member Derek Brooks joins us. He talks about his love for professional wrestling, WrestleMania being in Tampa. Also, we talk to one of the founding fathers, Sweet Daddy Seeky joins us to kick off Black History Month here on Busted Open, standing tall at the age of 80. And from MLW Fusion, after the controversial win last week in the Caribbean Strap Match, Richard Holiday joins us right here on the Busted Open Podcast. And let me just throw out the accolades before we have him join the show. Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowler, 9-time All-Pro, Walter Payton Man of the Year, one of NFL's 100 greatest players. His number is retired by not only the Tampa Bay Bucks, but the Florida Seminoles. He's a part of the 2000 All-Decade team. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, oh, yeah, probably the biggest accolade of all is that he's an original Busted Open Nation member. And let's bring in the one and only (laughs) Derek Brooks. Derek, good morning. Good morning, Dave. I I don't do this often. But I gotta make one correction to my man Dave. It is the Florida State Seminoles. What did Florida I say? You, you said Florida. Seminoles. Oh my goodness! I'm so it sorry. I oh United. boy, <laughs> man, you you talk about some words to die for. <laughs> so I was gonna say that's some big heat. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yes, boy. The Seminoles they gain a rivalry. I have to make that correction, but. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, guys, guys, I'm glad to join you. And man, it's been a long time. Uh, proud of your grind, Dave. As I tell you every time, man, being an original BO member <laughs> of the nation, I've I've seen you grind, man, to get the show to where it is today. And I just want to take a moment, and say I continue to say I'm proud of. You. Uh, thank you so much, Derek. And and you know I'm. It was such a pleasure working uh, with you, and obviously, just like when I when I when I start listing the accolades, like you know you know eleven time Pro Bowler, you know Walter Payton Man of the Year, which shows you that you're not just a great man on the field, but off the field as well. Like when you hear these accolades, like what goes through your mind when you think about what you were able to do during your career? I'm humbled, Dave. To be honest with you, I don't let any of those things you know, get to my head uh, whatsoever. Uh, it's just part of, obviously, the professional resume and 
I thank God that I've been in a position to achieve all those things. At the same time, I completely understand that I couldn't do it alone. Uh, I've always been part of a team game that required the efforts of others, and that's why I truly appreciate, you know, the grind of a servant leader because none of these accolades could not have been done unless there were 10 other men on the field playing defense with me or 80 other men on a team that achieved these things. So for me, when I hear all of that, I'm very humbled, but it's a small reflection of all the men that I've been teammates with that poured into my own personal success. You know, Derek, when you look at what we're going to see in Tampa, obviously WrestleMania is in Tampa this year. It's going to be a little bit different than what yes. you know, you're know you hoping for. I mean, there's only going to be about 25,000 as opposed to 80,000. And, and also the Super Bowl in Tampa. And, oh, yeah, the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. So this is exciting <laughs> times for Tampa Bay. Yes, and I do want to give a special shout-out, you know, to the McMahon family for staying true to their words. Uh, obviously, when WrestleMania was pulled uh, last year, you know, we obviously was heartbroken, but understood. And back then, it was uh, a serious uh, discussion and commitment to do everything that they would to bring it back here. And to say one year later that the blueprint that we are providing from the Super Bowl is going to be a starting point and blueprint for WrestleMania you know my blood got boiling because that ties me to, obviously, my fandom <laughs> of wrestling. So to be a part of that, and again, thank you to, obviously, uh, the McMahon family and those guys agreeing uh, to bring WrestleMania uh, back here. Yes, the capacity of the events are, are not going to be what we you know, planned 18 months ago, but we're going to put them on to the to best of our abilities that we can and continue to showcase you know, our city. Uh, with that being said, you know, many of their, the performers live here. So it's just like home for them. And again, I'm very grateful that WrestleMania is coming back. And, and again, uh, excited to be part of the leadership team that's bringing Super Bowl 55 to the world this coming Sunday. Derek, you need to uh, just, when you see Vince McMahon, you need to just show him your arms and be like, dude, I'm still Jack, so you got to be a special enforcer. Because he likes stuff like that. He's a body guy. You show him your arms, and you'll, you'll be a special enforcer, I'm telling you. You'll get your dream. I'm going to text him it. Oh, uh, absolutely, man. It, uh, you know, the few times I have been uh, able to be around him, you know, it's been a blast just to to be backstage, and, and obviously uh, I'm a fan of you guys, man, day in and day out, but to hear the stories uh, that you guys going through the grind, it, again, it kind of draws us uh, together because you're doing something with someone else. Yes, you're in there competing, but you guys in there, you know, competing and bringing entertainment as a team. If you guys don't work as a tandem, someone will get seriously hurt. If you guys don't work as a tandem, then there's no value that you're bringing, you know, to the fan base. So you guys understand that team component uh, as well in the business of wrestling. And, and maybe that's one of the small things that continues to draw uh, me to it. But, again, I'm, again, just excited every time I get a chance to uh, interact uh, with anyone uh, in terms of performers when it comes to professional wrestling, in particular the WWE. It's also the camaraderie in the locker room and the willingness to go out there and 
destroy your body for a common goal, um, where for us it's winning, uh, watching, having fans there, putting on a hell of a show. For you guys, it's all about winning, and you know you achieved you know the ultimate with the Super Bowl. But I mean, it's that locker room camaraderie is it's what a lot of athletes miss when they have to leave the game because they're mm-hmm. your family. There truly are them. You know, uh, we saw Edge come back and Christian come back. I know myself. I, I got, I got emotional. I didn't know Christian was coming back, and I was like so happy for him to come back. Mm-hmm. And you get to see those moments because that's what we all live for—is those moments. Yes, and again, I just add continual testimony, testimonial to say that that is one, you know, of the leading leading causes of things that we have to overcome when we retire and understanding what that transition is like and finding ways to stay involved to get some piece, you know, of that that we don't get on a daily basis when it comes to that locker room environment, uh, being around your teammates, going through the grind together, lifting each other up when we down, you know, spend, you know spending just a, if not more time, you know, with that group than you do your own personal family. So, again, uh, that's just that small bond that we uh, get a chance to share uh, as athletes. And it's one that we get a chance to celebrate when we do get around each other. It's kind of like you pick up where you left where you left home. <laughs> and we just a bunch of kids uh, at heart, man, just going out here grinding together and, and, as you say, beating our bodies up and colliding with other grown men and grown women and hopefully having a little bit of fun while we do it. Derek, why don't you go uh, pro wrestling and do kind of what Gronk did? Say, hey, I'm going to come out of retirement just for this one game. That's kind of important. And go and play in the Super Bowl. Be like, I'll be here. Get another ring. Just pull, pull pro wrestling. Just renounce your retirement. Come back like Ric Flair and Terry Funk have. It's okay. <laughs> you know, man, I actually tried to take a couple bumps, you know, when the FCW was here in Tampa in the developmental right. school down there with Steve. Man, I got in there and caught myself taking a bump and trying to learn how to come off the ropes. Man, I was so uncoordinated. <laughs> I came up within the first 15 minutes. I said, Steve, appreciate the opportunity to get in here, man, and think I can do this, but I'd rather sit back out, sit back out there in that chair and watch others do it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you and Tommy talk about bonding and, and bonds, and you were just talking about in the world of the NFL, but we always bonded when it came to pro wrestling. What was the one wrestler for you, Derek, that, that really got you invested as a fan? What, what, what made you fall in love with pro wrestling? Uh, I fell in love uh, as a young kid. Uh, you know, the Armstrong family. I'm up in Pensacola, Florida, and you know what? You know, Bob Armstrong and his family, man, and, you know, Austin Idol and those guys that used to come through Northwest Florida, uh, that's where I kind of fell in love with that group. But as I got older, you know, and I had a chance uh, really professionally to meet guys, and I will say probably uh, the two guys, uh, Diamond Dallas Page uh, and Ric Flair, uh, meeting those two, and particularly DDP, kind of drew me in, man, to – a level of appreciation, uh, whether it was access or just getting to have a personal relationship with him, uh, that's what really made me, you know, a fan of the business of wrestling and not just the performance. And drawing on what the similarities were like in my sport, 
uh, and obviously what uh, wrestlers did on a daily basis. So I, I would say uh, I was always that kid fan, but I think I took it to another level uh, probably five uh, when I had a chance to meet DDP and, and obviously meeting Rick since then and, and even I say today knowing uh, Rick very well, that allowed me to just go deeper, uh, not just as a fandom, but as a friend and, and really being more connected to wrestling than I've ever been. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I, you know, before we let you go, we got to ask you about what's going to take place on Sunday. It's unbelievable. Tom Brady at the age of 43 is going to be going onto that field to quarterback the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, you know, I know in your heart it's Tampa Bay, but do you think Tampa is going to pull this out on Sunday? My heart and my football expertise. Uh, I think the Bucks uh, will have a great opportunity to complete history, not just, you know, being satisfied with being the first team to play in the Super Bowl that your city is hosting, but I think they have a, a chance and expect them to complete that history by winning the game. So uh, I'm picking the Bucks. I don't care what the score is as long as the Bucks are one point better. That's all that matters to me. Nice. Derek. Derek, I appreciate the time. We love you, man. Thank you for for always being so positive. Thank you for being a Nation member, and thank you, as always, for all the support. All right, take care. Thank you, guys. And again, man, love listening to you guys uh, every morning. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand-new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Tommy. I'm really excited about our next two guests. We have pro wrestling historian and writer Greg Oliver and, of course, the legend and star of the documentary that you and I have talked a lot about, and that's Sweet Daddy Seeker. We bring in the legend himself, Sweet Daddy. Greg and Sweet Daddy, how are you this morning? Just fine. How are you? I'm good. We are good. Sweet Daddy, this is uh, Tommy Dreamer. I met you with uh, Edge and Christian. It's an honor to talk to you again, sir. Uh, this uh-huh. movie, I came across it on Amazon prime and I was blown away, uh, for your career and you truly are a Jackie Robinson, uh, <laughs> forerunner in the world of professional wrestling. And I'm happy that you're getting these accolades through the movies because uh, I see it now more and more people were listening to your albums. I mean, you're such a talented man and it's an honor to speak uh to you but you were so ahead of your time in the wrestling business like what made you think of all these things that did to stand out well actually i'll tell you i look at wrestling today and uh that that was my second love in sports Uh, i was going to be a fighter at first now um what happened, I was drafted in the armed forces. Uh, I went to Korea. And um, when I got out of the army, I, but before I went to the army, um, in Los Angeles there, 
they um that was fighters used to do road work around my where I was staying. So uh, they drafted me in the service, and I went to uh, to Korea. And uh, what happened? Um, I now figured out that um, I was going to be a fighter at first, but then I saw my first wrestling match. I said, "That's what I want to be." So I had the pleasure of traveling to different countries. I went to Australia, New Zealand, Japan, and I went back to Korea. This is wrestling. And um, when I got out of service, I went to California, and I, um, I started taking wrestling. And I had the pleasure uh, being uh, trained by a fellow by the name uh, name of um, uh, yeah Ray Ortega, and uh, he trained me quite well. And I remember uh, when I went up for my wrestling license, uh, they didn't think I weighed enough at that particular time. I was weighing about 175 pounds, and I didn't get my license the first time. But the second time I did, I remember meeting Floyd Patterson. He was there um, uh, at the commission office. Like I said, uh, I have been to Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. Um, I had the pleasure of wrestling um, four world's champion, um, Whipper Billy Watson, Luthez, and Pat O'Connor. And Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, and I remember when I met Buddy Rogers, um, he, he took a liking to me, you know. And um, uh, then, uh, then I had the pleasure of wrestling him. I also had the pleasure of meeting Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. Uh, I remember flying in from Australia, and he knew I was going to stop in Florida, and um, he met me at the place I'm to stay at. I met him. Then he took me. Uh, he, he spoke to me, and he um, he asked me if I wanted to meet uh, certain people. I said okay. So um, I remember. He took me uh, to a place where he, where he trained at. And also, I had the pleasure of meeting people like Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber. Because um, after he retired from boxing, he, he started to wrestle. And people like that. And also, Rocky Marciano. And um, I also got to meet... And this was this was actually my favorite music. I like country music, and Charlie Pride, he was one of my uh, favorite, and I got to meet him as well. When they were doing my documentary, he was in that documentary Absolutely. with me. And, and when I uh, when we lost him, my God, uh, you know, uh, tears came to my eyes because. That man, he was a, he, 
You know, he was one of the nicest persons I ever met in my life. The nicest. I couldn't believe him when I first met him. And um, I remember when I first saw him, I was wrestling in North Bay. And um, then uh, I went, came back to Toronto, and uh, I was at the, the fairgrounds because I know he was going to be singing there. And he got got out of the limousine and he looked over and he saw me and he said, boy, you don't have to tell me who you are. I really know. Because the wrestlers, he knew some of the wrestlers uh, in the States, you know. And, um, and like I said, when I got to meet him, my God, uh, it's hard to believe how, uh, you know, um, uh, things happen to people uh, and uh, really nice people. Let's put it that way. I also got to meet uh, George Foreman. And I had the pleasure of wrestling, like I said, Whipple Belly Watson, Luke Dez, Pat O'Connor, and Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. And um, Sweet Daddy, I, I, I yeah. think that was probably my favorite part of the whole part of the documentary was you and Charlie Pride. We, we tried with the documentary to um, show the experience, the African-American experience beyond just what you did. We even did an interview with Darlene Love, but that actually didn't make the cut. There were a few other people like that. It's important to show that you weren't the only one out there suffering. You guys had special hotels you had to stay in. You said you met Jesse Owens at one of them. At, like you yes. go so far back. Tell, tell us that's about the right. hotels a little bit. Uh, actually, uh, that's right. I remember staying at the same motel at uh, Jesse Owens' um, stop. And and uh, I saw him walking. He, he was on the porch walking around. And I, I, I asked somebody, I said, who's this guy? And they told me who, who he was. I couldn't believe it. So I walked out there. And I stood out there, and then I walked up to him, and I met him. And I was I was really shocked because during those years, you got to know if you in the business, you got to know quite a few people. We were staying at the same motel, and um, it was a segregated uh, motel, right? That's the important. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can't assume people know that anymore. Things have changed a lot, but yet there's still oh. problems in the world, isn't there? Yes, there are. There are. I remember, uh, speaking of that, I, I remember this little boy. Um, he was, uh, I, I was just uh, got out of the army and I was uh, taking, uh, 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 let's put it this way. I remember um, uh, a little boy called, Emmett Till, and uh, he was killed down south. And uh, I had heard that um, that uh, he went down to see his friend, and his um, and his friend um, said that um, uh, the lady, she was a beautiful woman. And he he's supposed to have said uh, he whistled, and he said you're right. And those words. I understand they killed him before that came up that, that, that he never even said that. Wow. 
you're talking about all these people that you met, but I, I, you're, you're so humble because all these people could say that they met you uh, because of your status. You're, you're, you're literally, we're talking to a living legend here and, and for what you've done for yourself uh, and, and for the African-American community or the black community, you were, you set the standard. I, I couldn't believe, and I'm watching this documentary where you're in the main event and you can't enter from a building uh, because of the color of your skin. That was heartbreaking oh. to me. And I'm like, here's people are paying to see you. Or you talk about in the documentary what other guys are receiving in pay and you're in that same match. Um, yes, yes. The fact that you yes. persevered and continued to do that. Uh, and I'm glad, and, and I recommend this to all wrestling fans to watch this movie just because of the historical significance. And, and like I said, you back then wrestlers really didn't have great physiques. You were a guy who literally, if you stepped out on the stage today with that physique, you would get noticed in your hair, everything about you yes. different. And, and then yes. your music career I'm watching the documentary and all of a sudden my wife starts singing this song. And I'm like, how do you know that song? And she's like, my mother used to play that song in the house forever. It was one of my favorite songs. And I was like, you know, sweet daddy's song. So then I go and research it. And I was like, you were a, a star <laughs> across the board where people don't get that. Uh, as well as like how you influenced the business from Rocky Johnson to, Hey, by the way, his son's doing pretty good in life known as the rock. So I'm literally that's just going right. to say thank you um, for all that's that you've okay. done. It's really something when you, uh, the chances you take in life. And I did things where, um, my God, I think about them all the time. I said, my God, I, I you know, I, I'm lucky I'm still here. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and so that's will that's live on thing. forever. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to try to break the uh, the, the record. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know, uh, I tell people, uh, you know, the truth. Uh, I want to live as long as I can, you know. And um, um, whatever rules they have, in life, I try to follow those rules because I want to live as long as I can. Well, well, sweet daddy, I mean, you talk about your pro wrestling career, your country career. I mean, you have two albums that are like collector's items on all these websites, you know. Um, so uh -huh. uh, people should definitely check that out. You mentioned Charlie Pride, and, of course, you know, we miss Charlie Pride. And I've had many conversations with, you know, Dan Reeves and Bob Lilly. He played uh, – after the Cowboys beat the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl, he played their celebration party. And, you know, everybody has a kind word to say about Charlie Pride. But but honestly, everybody always has a kind word to say about you. And the name of the documentary is Sweet Daddy Seeky. It's available right now on Amazon Prime. And uh, for you, Sweet Daddy, and, and Mr. Greg Oliver, you know, again, uh, Greg, you 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 do a phenomenal job. Not not only on this documentary, but as a writer as well. So many amazing books that you have put out, and we truly appreciate both of you. And thank you so much for both your time. Thank you. 
That's okay. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on SiriusXM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. You know, he breathes in, Tommy, rarefied air, and that is our next guest, and that is Mr. Richard Holiday. Sir, how are you this morning? Dave, I have to be honest. I am doing fantastic. Well, I mean, you had a big week last week, uh, a, a huge matchup with Savio Vega uh, for the Caribbean Heavyweight Championship in a Caribbean strap match. And I got to be honest, Richard, we talked about this earlier on in the show. We had a caller. Actually, he's a big MLW fan that brought this up. And we know about, you know, Tim and, and I'm, and I call him Tim because that's exactly what you called him after the match in your interview, uh, post match with Alicia Atute. Uh, not exactly the most clean victory, uh, last week on MLW Fusion. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're insinuating something here, Dave, then I would recommend that you stop doing that. But, you know, the fact is, is that Tim, who was the official for my matchup. I, I believe that he called that matchup squarely down the middle. And then of course I got to know him uh, afterwards after the match. And, and now, you know, Tim and I are very close. You know, Tim is a great guy. Um, you know, people are very familiar with his past. And then I think that his name has been dragged through the mud for quite some time. I, I, I mean, this is a global sports icon we're talking about. This is a great humanitarian, just a tremendous man, a family man, you know, if people got to know him a bit more and, you know, it's it's really a shame the way that people speak of him in such a derogatory manner. But, you know, he's such a great official, one of the best in the world, maybe the greatest of all time. And he did a great job in that Caribbean strap match. Just a great job. Well, I, mean, I think the NBA would uh, say otherwise to that greatest officiating of all time. He's kicked out of the NBA. So uh, I'm glad he found a calling or, you know, if there's some collaboration if you guys are collabing on this project um you know hey it worked out for you um and maybe you'll see more and it did you know add to some press uh coverage for yourself and for mlw and controversy uh, creates cash so kudos for that yeah tommy i mean i'm a firm believer that you know everything happens for a reason right and and i think tim's path you know started out in basketball and maybe that wasn't his calling but Maybe professional wrestling is. And, man, I mean, talk about a debut in, in the squared circle. Just a really a tremendous job. And, of course, like you said, a lot of publicity with this. I mean, you know, from a marketing standpoint, this is absolutely fantastic for the brand, for Major League Wrestling, for myself, for Tim. It's all in all, it's a win-win and nothing but positive. Well, Richard, as you said, and Tommy, a lot of mainstream press was talked about on Sports Illustrated, Forbes, uh, Yahoo Sports. Everybody was talking about that. Tim Donahue, now a part of MLW. I mean, obviously a lot of controversy back in 2007 with the Lakers and the Kings, which, as Tommy said, got him booted from the NBA. But, you know, when it comes to the world of pro wrestling, and, and Richard, this is difficult for me to say because you are a guest on this show, but we can't just glance over what took place last week in that match. 
catch. I mean, Tim Donahue was was blocking Savio Vega from hitting that fourth turnbuckle in that match. I mean, the official got in the way of Savio Vega from winning what a lot of people think is rightfully his, especially in the Caribbean strap match in the IWA Caribbean Heavyweight Championship. I mean, even you, even though you you came on the winning end, have to look back at that match and, and know that there's a little bit of controversy, a black cloud, if you will, over that match from last week. You know, Dave, I, I don't see any controversy with this match whatsoever. I mean, let's keep in mind, this was Tim's first time ever officiating a matchup. And, you know, as we call it the squared circle, it is a square. There are four corners. There was a 25% chance that that Tim was going to be standing in that corner. And it's not his fault. If anything, I blame Savio. I mean, maybe he should have started with a different corner. He wouldn't have ended up in that one. So the way I look at it is it was bad strategy by Savio and just Tim just doing his job. Well, a lot of uh, fans, we got a lot of callers uh, calling in saying you kind of disrespected a legend in Savio Vega. And, you know, a lot of people are also saying that they feel uh, the referee is in your pocket. We all know you come from uh, money. And uh, they're just kind of saying maybe this is like a Ted DiBiase million dollar man thing. Just saying what the scuttlebutt is amongst uh, the wrestling fans, which, again, kudos to you because you're you're helping out your brand and the company that you work for. Hey, you know what? When it comes down to the consumers, the consumers are some of the most opinionated people on planet Earth. They're always going to have their opinion. So, you know, if the consumers want to want to throw this out there, throw that out there. I mean, it goes in one ear and out the other, Tommy, honestly, because at the end of the day, um, I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And I know that that match was 100 percent right. I, Tommy, I, listen, as somebody who's a, a, a quote-unquote wrestling historian, wrestling purist, Tommy, I mean, you're going to put an official that you just hired that comes in with a little controversy about what he did in the NBA, and you're going to throw him right away in a championship match on national TV, Tommy? I mean, I don't know if that's well, the best decision to make is just throwing somebody in into a championship match like this. Well, you don't put a, a, a you don't put a debut of a wrestler in a championship match for a title. You don't take an official who again controversy around him and just throw him into a match that's a, a big heavyweight championship match between like the one we saw last week with Richard Holiday and Savio Vega. I can't speak for Mr. Holiday. I can't speak for Court, but I can speak from professional wrestling history. If you think about a lot, you know hell. Muhammad Ali was a special referee for WrestleMania one, the first one. A lot of celebrities get thrown into that mix or people who have a bit of name value get thrown into that mix. Uh, you and I remember when it was supposed to be Mike Tyson and then he lost. It became Buster Douglas. There's been a lot of controversy usually with referees in professional wrestling. So I, I don't say that it was a bad move done by MLW um, because of... Like you said, before uh, Mr. Holiday came on, we had there was a lot of people talking about it, which is good, which is what MLW needs, people talking about the brand. Well, Dave, I, I can speak upon this, and, and I, I think that this is highly disrespectful uh, on your end towards Tim Donaghy. I mean, like I said prior, I mean, this is a global sports icon. This is somebody who is making national headlines. And we're talking about Fox, ABC, CBS, ESPN, Forbes. Um, 
people talk about Tim Donahue and myself, and you want to put him in, what type of matchup would you put him in? I mean, if you I mean, were to bring Donahue, I, like, you're not going to put him in the best. You're not going to put him in the main event. That would be disrespectful to Tim and everything that he's accomplished in the sports world. So that just goes to show me that your business acumen is low and, and your awareness of, of what you have in front of you is, is low as well. I mean, this is somebody who should be immediately thrusted into the main event scene, and that's where he was. Richard, no, no disrespect to you, but I mean, icon when talking about Tim Donahue, like seriously, you're going to use the word icon. He was booted from the NBA. He was booted from the NBA because of practices that he was doing on the court. That court is sacred, just like, as you said, the squared circle is for pro wrestling. So when somebody has that type of lack of credibility, I don't care about the business side of things. This is something that just should not happen. And MLW Fusion, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that Court Bauer and MLW, for not only letting this referee in, not only letting him referee and officiate a championship match, but then what happened last week? There needs to be justification for this. There needs to be some retribution for Savio Vega after what took place last week. Well, well, Dave, now I know exactly what type of man you are because obviously you do not believe in second chances and you, you do not believe in giving somebody uh, the opportunity to to right a potential wrong that maybe they had, um, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, Dave. So really, let's really think about what we have in front of us right now. And Corp Bauer did an excellent job of scouting and hiring um, Tim Donahue and bringing him in. I think it was nothing but good for the brand. Um, uh, again, the self-awareness on your end is, is quite low, and I'm shocked by this. I'm just wondering, Tommy, and uh, if if, the, if there was money involved and if money was handed off, because that seems to be the practices for that official. And I, I is there going to be a rematch for Savio Vega? Is Savio Vega going to have another opportunity for this IWA Caribbean Heavyweight Championship? I, I, I got to cut. I got to cut you off right here, Dave. And I apologize. I, I understand it's your show, but when you're just talking like this, I have to. Um, there was no money involved in this. There was this was as clean cut down the middle uh, as a as a matchup has ever been um in in terms of savio vega he absolutely does not deserve a rematch i i went into his terms on his turf in the caribbean strap match and i came out the victor i mean i took you saw me in that matchup dave i i i have welts on my back from that strap hitting my back my marketable back and now i and I, I had to wake up for a week every day in pain because of those and look in the mirror and see those and say, but you know what? It was worth it. I did it for the consumers. I did it for the consumer ninos. I did it for the Caribbean. I did it for Aruba, for Jamaica. I did it for all of them. And you want to give Savio a rematch? He did nothing. It was a Puerto Rican hunk of metal when he had that championship. And now it is the most talked about championship, quite possibly in all professional wrestling, not just major league wrestling. Think about what I did for that championship, brought it to extreme heights of relevancy. You want Savio to have a rematch? I don't care what he did 30 years ago. We're talking about right now. We're talking about 2021. Did you watch the match back? Since the match has taken place and you were the victor or, you know, you were, your hand was raised in victory, I should say. Have you gone back and watched the match, especially the ending of that match from last week? Absolutely not. I couldn't possibly watch that match again. I couldn't possibly see myself get whipped with that, with that strap. No, I won't do it. But I think you should, because I think you need to watch the ending of that match, Richard. You need to go back and see what took place. 
Tim Donahue, he blocked Savio Vega from hitting that fourth turnbuckle. Blocked him, physically blocked him from doing it. You know, you guys went at it. It was a war. So there needs to be the rightful victor in a match like that. You know what? I, I can't speak uh, uh, upon that. I mean, I, I was recovering from all of the, the whips um, and the lashes that I had gotten from that strap. So, you know, for me to go back and watch that, you know, the fact that you even want, want me to have that trauma again, going back and watch that again, Dave, I just can't agree with that, with that ideology. But um, I will say, I don't, I don't believe that Savio and Tim got physical at all. I don't believe that there was any physical he blocked him. He physically blocked him from touching that fourth turnbuckle. But, but they didn't get physical. So it's not like Tim um, pushed Savio or anything like that. So, uh, again, I'm not really seeing a lot of controversy here. I think you're creating this on your own. And, Dave, I mean, we've seen in football, we've seen in uh, baseball, we've seen in basketball where officials sometimes get in the way. We've seen in football where officials get knocked down or athletes try to move them. There, the, it happens. There's no two sides to every that, story. That is an excellent point. All right, probably, hopefully MLW is calling you and telling you you have to have a, a rematch with Savio Vega. I'm <laughs> hoping that's what the alert was on, on your computer. Uh, Richard, th- and again, this is no disrespect. I do enjoy you each and every week on MLW Fusion, but I really do feel that you need to do the right thing. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and I'm being quite honest with you, and, and, and again, I, I thank you for your time. I'm hoping MLW and Court Bauer do the right thing in this situation. You know, this Caribbean Heavyweight Championship does mean a lot it means a lot to the puerto rican people it means a lot to the pro wrestling community and i really do feel that he is owed that rematch and i feel that as a company they need to give savio vega that rematch again that's not taking anything away from you richard holiday i hope you don't take my words coarsely but i do feel that's the right way to go and that takes nothing away from mlw because as i said i love watching it on youtube each and every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern time but i think the right thing needs to be done here and i and i honestly feel like tommy's making excuses here too so maybe it's a pro wrestling thing i don't know I, no, I, I think Tommy, Tommy just understands what's going on here. I think you, you have firm misunderstanding of what's going on here. I mean, Savio does not deserve it. I beat him squarely in Dallas a year ago for that championship. And now I beat him on his terms for the Caribbean championship um, j- just last week. So, I, I mean, I don't know what else this man possibly deserves. Um, what he deserves um, is to just – go on air and recognize me as the Caribbean champion and, and do that for the consumer media of the Caribbean because that is exactly what he deserves. All right, guess, I guess Tommy will have to watch MLW Fusion tonight to see if there is uh, anything further going on. Tim Donahue is going to have to answer a little bit to what happened in those circumstances at the end of that match between Savio Vega and Richard Holiday. If you missed it, make sure you go to YouTube and check out that match. It's all over YouTube. And again, Yahoo Sports has been talking about it. Forbes has been talking about it. Sports Illustrated has been talking about it. And obviously in all those articles, what does it say? It says Richard Holiday, your IWA Caribbean heavyweight champion. Now officially your heavyweight champion. Uh, Richard, I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, I do appreciate the time, and I'm glad that you were able to join us uh, this morning on Busted Open. Thank you. Well, Dave, uh, again, I, I, I didn't agree with a lot of the words that you said before, but uh, 
you know what, it, it was nice to come on and speak the truth and, and talk about this really momentous occasion. And, um, and of course, to speak with Tommy, which is always a pleasure. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you. Best of luck. Unbelievable. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Richard Holiday, your IWA Caribbean heavyweight champion, and uh, a lot to react to from that because MLW did get the mainstream publicity they were looking for. I just don't know if they've done it the right way. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.